The Shady Hoosier Detective Agency Ghost-Busting Mystery Episode 16 Chapter 16 I kicked off my rain-soaked shoes and belly flopped onto my bed. (coughs) And I didn't wake up until after dawn. Sassy Sue Ann Smith, our boarder, woke me up slamming pots and pans in the kitchen. Lord God Almighty, what are you doing? I asked Sassy as I slid past her to put on a pot of coffee. I had a sour stomach. All that ghost talk and spirit dancing had given me nightmares. At one point, I'd shot up in bed. I was clutching the sheets over a dream that featured a giant whiskered catfish swallowing me whole. Boots had been in that one. He was either Noah or Jonah, one of those biblical guys with a white beard. I was hoping some Cheerios might settle my stomach. Sassy had her back to me. She was mashing buttons on the microwave. I could tell it was her from the cloud of white shoulders perfume. Two ripped cartons of Jimmy Dean breakfast sausages and eggs and biscuits were tossed on top of the stove. A loaf of white bread was torn open. The air near the toaster smelled like a smoldering campfire. Several pieces of scraped toast were piled atop each other on a coffee saucer. Sassy, per usual, was falling short in the homemaking department. Sassy whirled around. She was wearing a red, knee-length lingerie jacket with a black boa collar. She wore a black lace bustier under that. Her blonde hair was teased up so high it looked like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, if those Italians had thought to make it out of hay. She had stuck in a butterfly pin here and there in an effort to keep it upright. Her face was painted with lips as large and red as slices of watermelon. The pink rouge on her cheeks looked like war paint. Her mascara had seeped into her crow's feet, giving her more of a vulture claw look. Making breakfast, sugar. I got a new man in my room. Course you do. Sassy had always been a swinger. Can you make us some of that good pot coffee? She purred. Making a whole pot. I trudged to the refrigerator and knocked around looking for a carton of milk. I grabbed a box of Cheerios and a bowl from the cabinet. Sassy started humming a show tune. I think it was me and my man. The microwave beeped. Sassy sprung open the door. She slipped on an oven glove and pulled out two plastic trays of sausage and biscuits and gravy and an egg mashup. She grabbed a giant serving spoon and used it to scoop the mess onto a pair of blue and white Corningware plates. 
She slapped a slice of blackened toast on top of each volcano of food. She stood back and admired her work. This look appetizing, she asked, her lips pursed. Vini strolled into the kitchen. Where'd you get that two-bit get-up? Fredericks of Hollywood. Little dash of class collection. Sassy twirled once so we could get an eyeful. You could tell that 60 years ago, she'd been a star pupil at the Twinkle Toes Tap and Twirl dance studio. Vini snatched a piece of Sassy's sausage. She tossed it in the air, then caught it in her mouth like dog kibble. She squeezed into a chair at the table next to me. That Jimmy Dean makes some tasty meat. Ought to make fancy desserts. I bet he'd make a badass sausage cake with gravy buttercream frosting. I ought to call him up. He'd make a killing on sausage cakes with buttercream frosting. Put some bacon in there. Make them bacon layer cakes. I'd buy that stuff in bulk at the Costco. I poured us all some coffee. Sassy has a man in a room. Is he handcuffed to anything? Asked Vini. Sassy made a face. I'll have you know he's a southern gentleman from the city, Louisville. The VFW was having a private party on the Belle of Louisville. He asked me for a dance. The Belle of Louisville was a restored Civil War-era paddleboat and floating buffet and full-service bar that docked in Louisville and cruised the Ohio River. Lots of southern Indiana clubs rented it out for dances and big shindigs. Vini stole another piece of sausage. We talking the dance with no pants? Lavinia, I'll have you know he drove me all the way back up here after he bought me a surf and turf dinner. This was a proper date, and I've just been saying thank you. Sassy teetered down the hall with her breakfast tray to the privacy of her own room. Whoever she was dating, I reckon she wasn't ready to introduce us to him. Probably a wise move, given that not everyone took to Vini right away. Vini clicked on her iPad. Didn't want to wake you up, RJ. Didn't stop you night before last. I gulped hot black coffee until my eyes sprang open. Think I found Junior's missing Harley. She slid her iPad toward me. It was open to a page on Craigslist. There was a photo of a Harley for sale. It was an older, mysterious red Street 750, like Junior's. Not an expensive bike, nor a very powerful bike, but then Junior wasn't all that much of a street stud. The bike was priced to move. Only 3000 Cash. The cash part had a lot of exclamation points after it. There was an email address, but no more information. The ad had been posted only an hour ago.
What makes you think that's Junior's bike? Probably tons of bikes like that in southern Indiana. I sucked down more coffee. Looky, said Vini. She squashed her fat fingers on the screen and blew it up a little. I could see what she was talking about. In the extreme right of the photo, you could see the tip of a covered bridge. No doubt about it. It was the Knobby Waters covered bridge. The seller was local. Vini shot an email to the Craigslist Harley seller and got an almost immediate ping back. The seller said we could see the bike that afternoon. He gave the covered bridge as the rendezvous point, reiterated that it was a cash deal, no guarantees, no questions, no bickering. Vini, who was using the screen name Hog Mama, typed back, No problem, man. Who you reckon stole Junior's bike? Vini asked me. I shrugged. Whoever took it must be after fast cash, probably in debt for child support. Well, that leaves most of the male population of Knobby Waters in the running. I heard a clomping up the cellar stairs and Fergie Jr. popped through the door. He was wearing an oversized Grateful Dead t-shirt and a pair of tidy whiteies. He had on his John Lennon glasses and a pair of floppy red flannel house slippers. Vini eyed him as he headed toward the refrigerator. What are you doing above ground? It's daylight. Junior murmured as he rummaged in the refrigerator. He pulled out a PBR and popped the tab. His reddish mustache was foamy when he pulled the can away. Darnell woke me up. Oh, what'd you all do to him last night? He was freaked. Came home all muddy about an hour ago, ranting about ghosts. An hour ago? I asked. You sure? Darnell had ridden back home from Dodes with us, but that had been several hours ago. Sure, I'm sure. Junior scraped up a kitchen chair and plopped into the seat. He slurped more beer. He poured a handful of Cheerios out of the box and slurped those down with a beer chaser. I was just finishing a recording for the dudes in Indianapolis. He's passed out on the futon downstairs. I think he might be stoned. Vini said we hadn't done anything to Darnell. He was at the seance, but he went to take a leak. Missed the ghost. Ghosts, yeah, right, Junior chortled. What have you two been smoking? Vini stuck her teeth out at Junior. Uh, gross, Ma. Junior snatched the box of Cheerios and lumbered back down the stairs. I asked Vini if maybe we should have told Junior about his Harley and how we were going to fetch it for him. Nah, she said. Why not? Cause he'll want to ride along, and I'm not in the mood for his chatter. I love that boy, you know I do, but 
Gosh darn, some days he so reminds me of his daddy. And when that happens, I just want to smack him right up the side of his head. I could definitely see her point.